Praying to the Lord is a great privilege, and reading Scripture is a great privilege. We've been going through the Psalms somewhat uh, numerically. We're, we have not uh, preached on Psalm 22, and we have the Lord's Supper today. So, we're going to jump way back from the 80s. Uh, back into, as far as the Psalms are concerned, back into the 20s and pick up the Psalm right before Psalm 23. Uh, Sort of a medium-length Psalm, 31 verses. Let's stand as I read it using the New American Standard Bible. Stand if it is appropriate for you to stand. And hear God's holy, inspired, inerrant, infallible word. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I have no rest. Yet, you are holy. O you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel, in you our fathers trusted, they trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were delivered, in you they trusted and were not disappointed. But I am a worm and not a man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. All who see me sneer at me, they separate with the lip. They wagged the head saying, commit yourself to the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him because he delights in him. Yet you are he who brought me forth from the womb. You made me trust when upon my mother's breasts. Upon you I was cast from birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They open wide their mouths at me as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like Wax, it is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws, and you lay me in the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me, a band of evildoers have encompassed me, they pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look, they stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, be not far off. O you, my help, hasten to my assistance. Deliver my soul from the sword, my only life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of the wild oxen you answer me. I will tell of your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise Him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify Him and stand in awe of Him. All you descendants of Israel, 
for he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him for help, he heard. From you comes my praise in the great assembly. I shall pay my vows before those who fear him. The afflicted will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth will eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust will bow down before him, even he who cannot keep his soul alive. Posterity will serve him. It will be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has performed it. So far, God's word. Please be seated. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would open our hearts to hear this word, that it would invade us, our minds and our hearts and our lives, and that we would see Jesus in it, and that we would see Jesus in us, that we would see Jesus in the table and in the power of the Holy Spirit coming down in baptism. Father, we pray that you would open us up to the effects of the Spirit working by the Word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Psalm 22, Behold the man upon the cross. Psalm 22, this is the psalm of the cross. How are you going to remember this? I suggested you remember something terrible that happened on the side of I-77 to remember that Psalm 77 is about trouble. I suggested that you consider uh, the beautiful Shenandoah Valley of Psalm 81, thinking about uh, country roads take me home. Not that the interstate is necessarily a country road, but there are some around there. Um, and that was a call to come, to come home. Um, then Psalm 84 was a matter of longing to be with the Lord and eventually to heaven. And I don't know whether you can remember that Daddy was 84 years old when I started reading Psalm 84 at birthday parties. Um, thinking about his growing spiritually in strength as his body was, was wasting away very slowly. How are you going to remember Psalm 22? This is a stretch. We had um, a, a German family with us this past week, and the lady of the family, the wife and mother, um, speaks German. She is German. She has taught English and French, so we had these these triliteral type you had all these when you when you throw two or three uh, languages together you come up with puns almost all the time it's it's a lot of fun um right before they she left she said was how do you pronounce t-o and i said two and she said how do you pronounce t-o-o i said two now some of y'all know this if you're under six, maybe you haven't heard it yet, so this, this could be new. Um, she said, what is the last name of the pseudonym of the man who wrote about uh, Huck Finn and uh, who, uh, Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn? I said, Twain. She said, say it all together. 
two, two, twain. She said, come back next week, and I'll teach you how to say locomotive. Okay, so two, 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 and twain. So you've got Psalm 22. Now turn over to Matthew 27. Matthew 27. What happened when Jesus was on the cross? Where is the word twain in the Bible? It's in, in the King James more than one place. But this is 2751. So as we're looking at Psalm 22, and you may have meditated on, Psalm, on Matthew 27, there's, there are lots of fulfillment in Matthew 27 to what was prophesied in Psalm 22. And you'll have, if you're looking at, at Matthew 27, look first at verse 46, and you'll see the clear connection there. Um, I'll start in 45. From, now, from the sixth hour, that means noon, at, from, the, from noon, from the sixth hour, darkness fell upon all the land until the ninth hour, or 3 p.m., the time of the evening sacrifice, the time of prayer. Third, the, the third hour of the afternoon, as we think about it, 3 p.m., the sixth hour, about, I mean, the, the ninth hour, about the ninth hour, the time of that sacrifice daily, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So you've got a clear connection there. He's quoting more or less uh, Psalm 22 about himself. And then what happens in verse 51? And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. So you have another two there. Or if you were reading it in King James, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Psalm 22 is a psalm of the cross. Psalm 22, written by David a thousand years before the cross before the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. It is the psalm of the cross. So I want us to start out by recognizing that. Isaiah 53 is that chapter of the cross, the chapter of the crucifixion, written 700 years before Jesus came. But Psalm 22 was written 1,000 years before Jesus came. It is one Bible. There is one focus of the Bible. There is one story. One Savior. If you go back to Psalm 22, I would encourage you sometime, if you want to write in your Bible, or if you want to print it out and do this, go through Psalm 22, and everywhere you know it's talking about Jesus on the cross, put a cross in the margin. It's almost all the way through, at least through the first half. Because as you get down toward the second half, it's talking about sharing that gospel around the world, starting with right where you are. If you are, if you're, if, if you are a, a child looking at the children's page there, or children, everybody's sermon helper page, you could be, you could be shading in or coloring in the, the cross there, thinking. Psalm 22, the psalm of the cross. You have to be careful. In fact, the, the notes of the uh, in the ESV, there's uh, the person who wrote those notes uh, d doesn't completely see the, uh, the 
the Bible together as one book the way I'm, I'm declaring to you that it is. You have to be careful when you're reading, but this is, this is one book, and it all prepares you to come to the cross in the middle of history and in the middle of the book in a certain sense. And then the New Testament looks back to the cross and forward to the second coming of Christ and eternity with him. The whole Bible is about Jesus. It all points to Jesus. So be careful about how you, what you read. Think about what you read. Think when you read and test whatever you read and whatever anybody preaches to you or teaches you in a Sunday school class. Test everything by the rest of Scripture. Isaiah wrote about the crucifixion in Isaiah 53, 700 years before it took place. David wrote about the passion and the crucifixion and the resurrection and the spread of the gospel to the whole world in Psalm 22, 1,000 years before it happened. I'd like, to, like for you to look at Psalm 22, and I'll give you something of an outline for your meditation if you were to uh, draw lines and, and divide it into sections, the first section would be 1 through 3. Uh, and it includes both distress and dec- declaration. In other words, he, des- he describes it's his descri- distress, but there's also a declaration in verse 3. And if you're going to highlight anything in verse in chapter 22, of course, you might want to highlight, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because you need to know where that is in the Old Testament, both places, in the Tutu place here and in the Twain place over in Matthew 27. But also write down, yet you are holy. We'll get get back to that in a moment. So it's a a distress, but then there's also a declaration of faith, yet you are holy. Verses 4 through 5 is past redemptive history, before you were born. Looking back to Joshua, looking back to Joseph, looking back to Esther and Mordecai, looking back all all the Old Testament. Uh, To you, our fathers trusted, they trusted. And you can see how trust or faith is is a big part of verses 4 and 5. They cried out and they were delivered. They trusted and they were not disappointed, so it's looking back at past redemptive history. And then it's looking at, from verses 6 through 8, it's uh, my redemptive present. I'm being redeemed, but I'm in trouble. I'm a worm and not a man. Uh, A lot of this has to do directly with the cross, but but we, we do reflect this. The martyrs around the world right now the people who are being beaten for sharing the gospel with someone, for leading someone to Christ, the places where the, the churches are being burned down and bombed and um, where you're not allowed to meet and so many things, that, that it fits them in their presence. They're being redeemed. They're being taken to heaven. And they may be taken to heaven sooner than they had expected. But they're in trouble right now. My redemptive present. And then 9 and 10, my redemptive history. You've been my, my God since I was a little boy, since I was a little girl. Specifically, this is about Jesus. But the Lord was at work when you were in the womb. 
The Lord was at work when, when you were brought forth. The Lord was working in your life before your grandparents were born. But specifically, the womb, mother's breast birth, and mother's womb. Ever since I was not even out of the womb, you have been working in me. And so my prayers, I've been trusting in you all my life. And then you have the crucifixion. Verses 11, about the many bulls, the the lions, the dogs. 11 through 18 is really a picture of the crucifixion. And then you have the prayer in 19 to 21. Be not far off, hasten, deliver, save. And then from 22 to the end is sharing the gospel to tell people all around the world eventually that he has done it or he has performed it. Let's look at verses 1 through 3. You understand verses 1 and 2. You you have struggled. You have had things not go your way. Even you children have had things not go your way. And all you adults know exactly what I'm talking about. And any grandparents really know. The longer you live, the longer you see the difficulties of living in this world and living with our, in our own sin that comes out and needs to be repented of and forgiven. So that, if, if you're looking at the children's and everybody's sermon helper, uh, you, you can see that little bit of Aramaic there, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The why question. Some of y'all, maybe most of y'all know that when when I come to a why question in the Bible, I I put a diamond around it because it's a pointed question. It's a sharp question. Why have you forsaken me? And yet verse 3 is there, which is very, there's very, there's a great parallel in Psalm 77, you may remember, but in the midst of this, it says, yet you are holy. In other words, I'm struggling with the way my, my life is going, but I know you're holy. Psalm 77 says your, your way is holy. After I meditate, after I muse, after I think, and after I pray, I come to the conclusion, after I, Psalm 77, you ask all these questions, have you forgotten to be gracious? Have you, you're not going to complete your promises? Is this, you know, the world's turned upside down. The right hand of the, the Most High has changed horrible questions to ask in Psalm 77 it said but you are holy here it says yet you are holy so his holiness is our trust it's his character so when whenever it's going whatever you're going through loss of job whatever it is it's his promise. The same, it's the promises we read up here. It's the promises we're going to read down here. It's, it's, it's the covenant. He's made a covenant with you and with your children and even to those that are far off. It's his character you depend upon, not the circumstances. His holiness is our trust. His sacrifice is our life. And, and with that, I just simply... Refer you to to Isaiah 53. Read it for yourself. He was despised and forsaken of men. Our griefs, 
He himself bore, as Dave read earlier, our sorrows he carried. Once again, if you want to mark that one up, you get into that section and you, you circle the things that have to do with us, ours and our and us and so forth, and the things that have to do with him, he, you know, he himself bore, he carried, uh, him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was pierced through for our transgressions. If you connect all the he and his's and you connect all the us and ours and related words, then you'll see that it's a, it's a complete swap. Our sins went to him on the cross. His righteousness went to us on the cross, the great transfer. And that's what Psalm 22 is talking about there. His sacrifice, our life. And then look at verse 3 again. What do we get to do? If this, if this has happened to you, if you know this, what are you doing here today? What were you, what were you doing when you were singing that first hymn? When we've Finally can sing a first hymn inside. Aren't you rejoicing in that? Aren't you, aren't you giving God praise? And what does he do with that praise? According to verse 3, it becomes part of his throne. Isn't that wonderful? That's another verse you could mark if you wanted to. Verse 1, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Verse 3, the first part, yet you are holy. That's what gets you through the hard times. Depending upon his holiness, his character, his promises that will not fail. And then when we come to that conclusion, we can praise him even when we're still going through the very difficult times. You understand Jesus says, my God. He, the Lord turned his face away as we've already sung. The Father turned the face, his face away. But he, he hasn't run away. He's still saying, my God, my God, my Father. Uh, why have you forsaken me? You are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. If, if you have the outline there, at the, the little children's sermon helper page, you can, you can start working on the word why at the bottom. That, that's a why and a question mark down at the bottom. Why was Jesus on the cross? We've already sung it, sung one answer. There are a number of answers. Why was Jesus on the cross? Why did he have to quote Psalm 22? Why was Psalm 22, why did he, by the power of his Spirit, speak Psalm 22 to and through David so that it would be out there for all of us to see many, three millennia later, to be able to use it in praise of him? Why did he have to say, why have you forsaken me? Because of you. Because of me. What kept Jesus on the cross? Your sins. That's one answer. You. His love for you. That's another answer. Behold the man upon a cross. My sins upon his shoulder. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice cry out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there. Until it was accomplished. And that's the end of this chapter. To a people who were born that he has performed it. He has accomplished it. It is a finished. It is finished. And that's what we praise him for. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. Behold the man upon the cross. Praise him. Now look at verses uh, 25 and following. Circle. And I'm not, you don't have to write, do it in your Bibles. Circle at least in your mind. Think about all the people 
from verse 25 to the end that are going to receive this good news from you. It's like a repeat of Acts 1.8. We're going to start in Jerusalem. Then we're going to go to the neighborhood. We're going to, get, we're going to go to York County. We're going to start in, start in Filbert. Well, then you've got to include Rock Hill, I guess. And, 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 and then you spread out and you include the rest of York County. Uh, all the way from, uh, from the Broad to, to the Catawba uh, and, and all the way from the North Carolina border to, uh, to, to Lowry's. Uh, and, and then after you share, share the gospel with York uh, and then this area is Jerusalem, then Judea, and then you go one step north to Samaria or to Mecklenburg County. And then it's anywhere and everywhere. And that's what the rest of the psalm is about. Great assembly, I start out right now. I declare to you the praise of Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, offering you life in the great assembly. I'll say that before you, you who fear him. So we start here. And then some of us are not here because we're afflicted. And then we go to the afflicted. And we share that with them. 25, great assembly, those who fear him. The afflicted, those who seek him. So Brian's over there in, at Clemson, and he starts out just trying to do things for people, like get somebody a driver's license, get somebody food if they need food, get somebody lodging, get somebody a coat, because they come from a country where they don't need coats. But, but the point is that at some point, some of you do need coats, don't you? Um, but when, when But you share... And, and the point is to be able to find people who are seeking whom the Lord has brought in to seek. So then it goes to those who seek him. And then look at verse 27. All the ends of the earth, all the families of the nations, for the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. All the, everybody from the most prosperous to those who just are right ready to die in the dust of death, everybody in the world, posterity is going to get this information. To a people who are not yet born. So when you share the gospel, you may well be sharing it to the people who are not yet born because you're sharing it to somebody who's got the same great commission that you've got. So it's his grace. It becomes our commission, and we share it to the rest of the world. So you start out. Where does it start? You start with the completion of that promise that we were going to have somebody to die for our sins. And he came, and he suffered. And we get this little picture of hell. When he suffered hell, what is hell? Hell is not getting hurt. It's not specifically the burning or the worms that won't stop. It's not, that's not specifically what... the Hell is when God turns his face away. So... The one who knew the Father, not just since his birth, not since he, just since he was conceived in the womb of Mary, from all eternity they have had unending fellowship. But because of you, he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And from that point, he has changed your life. From that point, he has secured a place for you in heaven. He's gone to prepare a place for you. When he, he'll come back and get you, take you to be with him where he is. And you've got the good news. So you start with the cross. 
you start with what we have depicted here. In obviously a minimal way. But it was meant to be minimal. Maybe not this minimal. I mean, we'd rather do it a little bit better than this. But, but it's still just bread and grape juice. It's, it's still just crushed wheat and crushed grapes. Crushed for you. Will you not praise him among God's people, among those who fear his name? And will you not share it? There is a famine for this information in York, in Filbert, in Clover, in Bowling Green, in Smyrna, in McConnell's, everywhere you go. Here and around the world. Hear the gospel, rejoice in the gospel, and share the gospel.